0: This is a Dubai I 103.8 podcast.
1: This is off script extra time.
0: On Dubai I 103.8, the UAE's number one talk radio station
2: very excited to welcome in our next guest into the conversation. It is a man we've had on the show before and in the intervening period since we last had him on the show, so much has happened for the Professional Fighters League, otherwise known as the PFL. This is the CEO of said organisation that we're welcoming into the conversation. The PFL is the number two global MMA organisation on the planet and they've made some huge moves in 2023, not least signing the former UFC heavyweight world champion France. Cingano to their books and also adding Jake Paul not just as a fighter on their stable potentially towards the end of the year but also as an equity shareholder as well so loads to chat to this gentleman about I'm delighted to say that joining us on the line is Mr Peter Murray CEO of the PFL Peter it's great to have you on the show again
1: great to be here Robbie hi Matt Nice to be back.
2: It's great to have you back and I have to say well done congratulations on the moves you've made in the last time I think we last spoke to you if I'm not mistaken probably around 18 months or so ago Peter when the Professional Fighters League was in a much different stage of its journey you've made some huge moves in the marketplace Uh, can you maybe for the uninitiated listeners tuning into the show this evening just put us into the picture as to where things stand with the PFL going into the middle of 2023
1: yeah no that's great i appreciate the opportunity um as as you touched on we are are the number two in the world today in the sport of mma globally and uh over the last 18 months you know there's been uh, a significant amount of progress in growing the brand um expanding our product offerings around the world signing new fighters as you touched on and we'll get into and you know executing against our global vision You know, what makes the PFL different, we're the only MMA organization in the world where some of the best fighters in the world uh, compete in a true sport format, uh, in a regular season, playoff, and championship. No different than other major league sports. Again, individuals, not teams, but the same premise, the same format built on meritocracy. And so, um, and, you know, what I could tell you is globally, this past year, we launched our first uh, regional, international league, and PFL Europe. Uh, we had our first event in Newcastle a few months ago, sold-out show. We followed that up with two weeks, two, three weeks ago, a Berlin card for PFL Europe, regular season event, sold out. And then we head to Paris in September for the PFL Europe playoffs and finished big in Dublin in December for the PFL Europe championship. And why I'm so excited uh, you know, about the momentum uh, with PFL Europe we are in the process of duplicating that league around the world. So next year, uh, we will be launching our second International Regional League. I can't tell you where, uh, (laughs) but that's coming very soon. um, And we're excited about the Middle East. uh, But we'll also be launching, uh, you know, Middle East is a focus of ours as relates to International Regional League expansion, as is Australia, as is Africa, Africa. Latin America, and Asia. So over the next three years, the PFL will have six regional leagues up and running, giving athletes in those regions and from those countries within an opportunity to compete as professionals against top competition on major media platforms uh, with increased compensation and incentive to support their journeys uh, as professionals in the sport of MMA and give them a path not only to become or to earn uh, a regional championship title, so to speak, and everything that comes with it, but also a pathway up to PFL Global, creating the Champions League of MMA. Wow. That's what we're excited about.
2: That's awesome. I love the structure to that, Peter. That's brilliant. i got to ask, though, you know, the UFC has been the dominant kind of promotion for such a long time, and in terms of the star names that appear on the roster, in terms of the history, uh, it's kind of monopolised MMA in so many ways over the last 20, 25 years. How did the PFL create an effective strategy then to compete, and obviously exploit some of the weaknesses that the UFC does have? And I'm thinking Francis Ngannou here, because of course, he left the UFC quite acrimoniously, um, and you have profited from that decision, given the fact that Ngannou also wants to pursue a boxing career?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think it really ties to that. I mean, we're a fighters first organization. We provide athletes flexibility. And that was the case in, in France with signing Francis. Not only is Francis an elite MMA fighter, he'll continue uh, competing in MMA exclusively with the PFL within our super fights pay-per-view division but Francis will also serve on the PFL's Global Athlete Advisory Board, helping to shape the future of the sport, identifying and recruiting athletes and ensuring the PFL staying true to its fighter first mission. And then in addition, and that was important to Francis to have a voice. And then uh, finally, Francis will also be, he is the chairman of PFL Africa. He's part of the ownership group. He's part of the leadership team. And he's also, we have a shared vision for developing the sport on the continent, starting with developing athletes from different countries who candidly uh, do not have a clear path, uh, do not have the support, do not have the infrastructure. So we're really investing in different regions, including the Middle East, including uh, Africa and others, as I mentioned. But you know, those are the three drivers in signing Francis And, you know, to your earlier point uh, with respect to the UFC, listen, we launched over five years ago. I mean, UFC has been after it for well over 30 years and establishing the sport. And our view is there'll be more than one leader in the sport. And you think about the sport of football, meaning soccer, the world's number one sport. There are approximately nine leagues in the world that have the very best talent in the world. And they generate over a billion dollars in revenue. So, you know, we look at this sport, it's really in its infancy. And so, as, as when we launched, um, we were excited about what the UFC established. But then, uh, from a product standpoint, you know, you start with athletes, and we talked to athletes around the world, and they were looking for an alternative, they were looking for a major option, a major player. And their biggest frustration was their inability to manage their careers like other professional athletes in different sports, and that's what led us to the true sport format, having fighters come in and earn their way uh, to the postseason and becoming champion. And you know, candidly, there is there are so many high caliber, very talented athletes, mixed martial artists around the world who are in you know hope is their strategy. Hope is the strategy of great athletes because they're not competing for you know an organization that can properly support them and give them consistent fights against top competition and and give them a pathway. So really, as a disruptor and a challenger brand, we're really starting to solve for the athlete, what the athlete's interests are, uh, where their friction points are. So you know, solving for the athletes and giving. Athletes around the world, an opportunity that did not exist before we launched and more to come uh, in particular, not at the global level, but with regional leagues. And then secondly, media companies, you know, media companies would tell us that there's not enough quality content, not enough quality MMA competition. You know, UFC can't fulfill it all. And so we're playing a role in that. And and then lastly, fans, they're underserved. (laughs) I mean, how many football matches are on this week? I'll ask you guys. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. How about in a given year? Well, there are less than 100 major global MMA events per year, and we're changing that.
0: Peter, it's so great to hear someone talk about, A, caring about the athletes, of course, but also the fans. I kind of want to combine those two with this question. It talks about my theory around identifying talent. the, The sports you've touched on, you've created a fabulous mode of elimination and making sure the best really do become the best how when you know sport have rich academies and a real amateur scene that feeds a professional scene right around the world how do you go about making sure that you and your franchise essentially can tap into that young talent what is that pathway how do you have a a rich scouting network essentially you know sticking their head around the doors of, of some of the gritty gyms around the world and identifying real talent because for, for me that feels like to to, to steal a march on everybody else it's that next generation that's really going to push you even further forward than you already are
1: yeah no i i think that's right uh, i mean we uh you know our head of fighter operations ray cefo uh, Ray is a former six-time world champion K1 kickboxer and MMA athlete. He trains elite athletes in Las Vegas uh, with Randy Couture at Extreme Couture Champions, and so we have an incredible team in the U.S. and internationally, and who are charged with tracking, identifying, recruiting, and developing the best, the very best talent from amateur to early stage pros uh, to even, you know, elite you know, athletes. So we have an extensive network of relationships with top managers, top gyms around the world, but we're also putting emphasis on putting more infrastructure and more grassroots development behind the sport to develop those next generation stars. And I think, you know, the the regional leagues is an example of that. And so we're very, very excited about Middle Eastern, you know, fighters coming through regional promotions today and giving them a pathway to a major global league, but starting with, let's PFL Middle East as an example. And today, you know, very passionate about the region in the, the demand for the sport of MMA, again, among fans, media companies, and the talent that exists who are, quite frankly, frustrated. They don't have the support and the outlet. So, you know, that, that's, that's what we're addressing. And when you think about our roster today, I mean, I'm really excited about, you know, a couple of Saudi fighters, you know, uh, Abdullah al Qatani, a Saudi fighter. Uh, We're developing um, him and he had a great first performance in Atlanta, Georgia a few months ago on one of our cards. He won, he was decisive. Uh, He's pretty dynamic, great personality. He's a great spokesperson for Middle Eastern fighters and Saudi fighters. So we're excited about uh, al Katani. we have Mustasa. Also, Rashid Mehta, who's also Saudi Arabian. Um, Lebanon, you know, there's fighters coming out of Lebanon. Um, uh, we have a kid, Mohammed uh, Fakhrdin, um, you know, a kid that trains, you know, in Dubai, a uh, Syrian, Tarek Suleiman, obviously, Jara uh, Al- Al-Sawali, the Jordanian lion. So over the last 18 months since we've talked, you know, we've signed... Athletes from the region at different levels and stages in their career, knowing that we're going to be launching PFL MENA, knowing that we're going to be expanding our our events around the world. So, uh, and I can assure you, in the next six months, there'll be, you know, at least two dozen more Middle Eastern fighters signed by the PFL.
2: I've got a couple more questions for you, Peter, and I appreciate you sparing the time to chat to us because this is very, very enlightening and really excited to to see how this all unfolds. Uh, I've got to ask about Jake Paul because, you know, as much as he attracts his naysayers as well as his fans, the fact remains when he fought Tommy Fury a few months ago, that was the most watched eight-round fight easily of the year and maybe of all time. I mean, the guy can certainly draw viewers uh, from a kind of amateur boxing perspective, given the fact he's only had five or six professional fights where he's at and what he's doing. Now, I'm reading that he plans to fight in the PFL towards the tail end of 2023, which is... Crazy to me, given the fact that he's on this boxing journey. But I'd love to know your what insight you can share on that and, and what it's been like to work with Jake and what Jake can bring to the table from a kind of promotional point of view and from a sheer eyeballs point of view in terms of the reach that he's got on his various platforms. And then also, when we're likely to see PFL events staged right here in the Middle East. I appreciate there's a lot of questions thrown in there, but if you could maybe answer one or two of them, would be very much appreciated.
1: Yeah, yeah, happy to chuck it out, but on Jake, <laughs> you know, uh, an incredible signing and partner. Uh, we're really uh, uh, excited to be in business with Jake and, and also supporting his career as, as an athlete and transitioning from boxing to MMA. He's got uh, he's got a big fight coming up this weekend in Dallas, Texas, against Nate Diaz in the ring, boxing, and uh, I'll be at that event uh, supporting Jake and following that event. Jake will be spending time, you know, plotting out uh, the next phase, you know, of uh, his combat uh, competition, including MMA. And what I can tell you there is we'll see we'll see what happens against Nate, uh, but uh, we'd very much like to see not only uh, these two incredible athletes get in the ring, but also then follow that up uh, and getting in the cage. And Nate, that would be could Nate great.
2: potentially join the PFL, would you suggest?
1: Yeah, listen, we talked to Nate about a two-fight deal with Jake, first in boxing, and then settle the score in the cage. So uh, we'll see if uh, if uh, that, that that's viable after uh, this coming weekend. Uh, but there are other top MMA athletes who would absolutely like to uh to take on Jake and vice versa. Um, but for clarification, I mean that fight his Jake's debut in MMA uh with the PFL uh will be in 2024 sometime, not okay. this year.
2: Okay. Okay. Right. So that's Jake Paul. I mean, I think it's it's fascinating. A fair play to him, honestly. I mean, it's not only has he put his put it all on the line to take on you know, Tommy Fury, a professional boxer with an unbeaten track record and, and actually held his own, held his own in that fight against Tommy Fury and actually put him down, I believe, in the final round. He's he's done well, I think, as, as much as people do criticize his approach, his fast track approach to boxing. But it, am I to assume now, Peter, that if he is going into MMA, he's shelving his boxing ambitions for now and we're going to see him... I-
1: yeah, I think he'll, he'll – I'm sorry to jump on you, but he, he's going to continue to box as well as uh, take on MMA. Obviously, he's going to give MMA uh, a lot of focus and attention in his training and approach to his debut. Um, you know, that's, that's my understanding with respect to boxing and, and managing MMA. But, you know, once that head is down and that opponent is selected, Jake's a professional. Um, and he's, he's going to take it on. And, you know, he's been training MMA as well while uh, throughout his boxing regimen. Um, so, you know, that that's Jake. And uh, I can assure you he'll be competing against a top opponent when he does debut. What impact um, are you certainly.
2: expecting that to have on the PFL from a viewership perspective?
1: Massive global pay-per-view event. PFL Super Fights Division. Um we're excited about it, and uh, we'll launch the pay per view Superfights division uh, in early 2024 with Francis returning to the cage uh, exclusively with the PFL. and. Um that event could, in fact, take place somewhere in the Middle East. Wow.
2: We'll see. <laughs> wow, okay. Oh, I'm, I'm going to take that as it will take place in the Middle East, I'm we'll sure. See. It's up in the air, and we'll I see. appreciate that. I appreciate that. You reckon we'll see within the next 12 months, Peter, just to let you go with this one, will we see a PFL event right here in the Middle East?
1: Absolutely, and not just one event, multiple events.
2: Brilliant. Wow. I have to say, guys, if you are tuning into this interview and you're intrigued to find out more, you can check out pflmma.com. Peter, an absolute pleasure to have you on the line with us. Next time you're here in person, next time you're in Dubai, we'd love to have you in studio for a real deep dive into all things PFL, but we really appreciate you taking the time to have a chat with us this evening.
1: Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thank you, Robbie. Thank you, Matt. And uh, look forward to staying in touch. Okay.
2: Great stuff, Peter Murray. They're the CEO of the Professional Fighters League. I have to say. I'm excited by that. Very, very excited. A
0: hundred percent. Listen, to to hear a a sport that is run, as I kind of tried to allude to in my question, with fans in mind and what fans want to see. Yet, of course, looking after the athletes, giving the athletes the right kind of package. The way he was explaining how he is building a system for fans to to follow fighters through a season. It's what we've been crying out for Mm. in my favorite combat sport, which is boxing. Boxing... If, if this continues to grow and is as well managed as Peter has put out there just then in the last few minutes, boxing is in real trouble. Well, because yeah,
2: because the best fighters won't fight each other with the exception of Spence and Crawford. I mean, the, correct. Fact that the heavyweight division is a joke right now in yeah, boxing. I completely agree. It is an agree. absolute joke. And Francis Ngannou, of course, is profiting from that <laughs> by fighting Tyson Fury and Riyadh. Thank you very much to Peter.
0: You're listening to Dubai Eye 103.8, the
2: UAE's number one talk radio station.
0: The Offscript Podcast.
2: We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please do go ahead and click subscribe. You can also check out our other podcasts, Time Capsule or The Big Interview. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.